Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, I wondered who it was that's been staring through my window these last couple of weeks and <laughs> breaking lockdown rules. It must be you. I have eyes everywhere. <laughs> Stalker. <laughs> Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. This is indeed the Running With Jake podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. This is the running podcast. It's for everyone. Doesn't matter where you are listening right now, which tier you are in. We're not tierist on this show, no. Doesn't matter whether you're in tier one, tier 71, it matters not. We welcome all listeners, both essential and non-essential. And do we have a great show lined up today? Pete, I'm asking you, mate, because I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We do, Jake. Absolutely, yeah. We've got cool, a really, cool. really motivational guy on, actually. He's a, mm. he's, a, he's a running coach and he's done a whole bunch of stuff and he's great. And I, I realise this time of year, I mean, I had a dog of a run yesterday. I'm not a running guy and it was a flipping awful time. In fact, the last few have been horrible. And it's because of dark nights, it's because of dark mornings, it's because of khaki days, and it's just hard to motivate yourself sometimes. And I think the guest today is going to help out big time. I've not heard the word khaki for a long time. I'm going to make a note of that and I'm going to drop <laughs> Drop it into conversation later today. Got a couple of Zoom meetings lined up. Khaki, love that. Just underline it. That's beautiful. Talking of the show, and we are upping our guest again. We bring you the best guests from around the globe, and they're just getting better and better. We've been at this podcast game now. 12 months, Peter Allen. Did you realise that? 12 months we've been um, at this. It is, it's 12, 12 months in January, isn't it? Yeah, it's about 12, yeah, it's about 12 months. I rounded yeah, up. Yeah. I rounded up. That's what us runners do. We round our mileage up. And I <laughs> think... You, my friend, need to be upping your production game a little bit. Me? Production game? I've been thinking about this for a little while now. I, I listen to a... And you do a great job, by the way. I just want to put that out there. I love you. You do a great Thank job. You. It's great to Thank have you, you. As, as the producer. However... I feel there's a bot or a however coming on. Yeah, go on. <clears throat> I listened to uh, another running podcast the other day, which I do on occasions. I was out there having a little plod. And uh, I, listened to, I listened to Marathon Talk. Nice little show. Okay. Been going a long yeah. time, like 10 years, like way longer than we've been going. Yeah, they've been going on forever, they have. And I appreciate we are only 12, sorry, <clears throat> 11 months into this, but I, <laughs> I think we really need to work on our production values, you know. I mean, sound is important. We need to get that Dolby Surround sound out there. I mean, I was listening to their show, and some of the sound clips that they use are just awesome. Like, we, we have some nice little tunes on our show, quite like it, like this. I like. I don't know what. What's a, what are they doing that we're not, not doing? Bad. This is all right. It's not look. bad. This is okay. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. It serves a purpose. However, check this out. <laughs> Listen to what they're playing. Sleeping under a hedge. <laughs> what, what, what even is that? Now that's <laughs> that, my friend, is next level. Now I was I was running around the park listening to this, right? And I thought, where, where have I heard that before? I've heard. That sound before that little that little music clip, I've heard that before. It's racking my brains. I just could not. Do you know it is really, really one of those things that sounds really recognisable? But I must admit, I don't listen a great deal to Marathon Talk, so it's not on there. I've heard it, but it, it is. It has got a niggly, irritatingly. I've heard that somewhere before thing about it. Well, then the penny dropped, let me tell you. Martina mm. was on call at the weekend. She disappeared off to an emergency. Another rabbit falling off the skateboard, climbing up a ladder, whatever. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I'm going to kick back, sit on the sofa, a bit of me time, and I'm going to play on the Nintendo Switch. Mm. And I put Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on. And then it hit me. Check this out. <laughs> 
It's, it's the, the same, same thing. They took their music from Donkey Kong. I mean, what, what they have they have music from a cool video game. What do we have? What do we have? Huh? We can't we can't compete with that. Just do marathon talk again. There you go. Do you know Marathon Talk has more of a uh, more of a CD stripper vibe about it? You know, in my mind, um, there's somebody taking off their clothes and throwing their underwear at <laughs> a punter during that. Please don't tell the Marathon Talk guys I said that, <laughs> and please listen to their podcast as well because you know it's lovely. I don't want to ruin anyone's listening experience. Next time I play Donkey Kong, it will never be the same experience. <laughs> Next time I listen to Marathon Talk, it won't be the same experience. It'll be better. Look, just up your production game, man. Running with Jake, the podcast, the running show that supports fair trade. No gorillas were harmed during the recording of this episode, nor were any other creatures. Running with Jake, the podcast. This is indeed the Running with Jake podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. We are incapable of bringing you boring guests. You know that if you're a regular listener to the show. We don't do boring guests. We kick you straight off if you're boring. Our next guest does not fit that mould. He is not boring in any way, shape or form. Professional musician for 25 years. Qualified British Triathlon Federation coach with first element endurance. And in 2021... Correct me if I'm wrong, you have a pretty mammoth charity bike ride you are planning, James. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, you seem to know more about me than I do. <laughs> that wasn't even Wikipedia. <laughs> no, blimey. That, that's impressive. I wondered who it was that's been staring through my window these last couple of weeks and breaking lockdown rules. It must be you. I have eyes everywhere. <laughs> Stalker! <laughs> Dude, it's great to have you on the show. Well, thank you for asking me. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. I, I love the podcast anyway. It's, it's fantastic. So, James, obviously 2020, absolutely bonkers year. Everybody, no matter what sport they're into, trying to find their own way to motivate motivate themselves to get themselves out the door whether that's running whether that's on the bike whether that's in the pool when they're allowed to it's just so so difficult with no events what are you doing next mm. year because you've got this big task ahead of you now and this is definitely taking you out the comfort zone isn't it yes so it's a bit of a strange circumstance actually uh, 20, you're absolutely right 2020 has been oh just a, a bit of a bonkers year for everybody is uh, you know i don't think there's anybody on the planet that hasn't got a story to tell and um but yeah, a bit, bit of a slightly weird one for us in as much as me and my wife. I'm married, uh, I've got two young kids and my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer in May. So during lockdown, lockdown we've been uh, kind of well, getting through all the chemo and the radiotherapy and stuff. The radiotherapy starts uh, next week. So, uh, yeah, so that's been a bit of a sort of extra challenge and Bex has had to go through all of the treatment and the uh, diagnosis and everything on her own because I haven't been able to go in there. So, uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a, a weird one in that respect. And just before her chemo started this year, I um, when the Tour de France should have been on, I decided to ride 55k every day, that the tour should have been on, um, and I, and it was just to clear my mind really, and and kind of just give me a bit of uh, time to get outside with this preparation for sort of the worry of what chemo is going to be like because it's pretty brutal and horrible for everybody that's involved in it. So yeah, I went and did that, and then 
uh, as time was going on, I I decided uh, that next year when the tour is on, uh, hopefully it'll happen, I'm going to ride one kilometre for every mile that the pros ride. So uh, they, they normally ride on average about 100 miles a day, so I'm going to ride on average 100 kilometres a day uh, over the 21 days that they're doing it. And I'm going to try and match their kind of mountain profile uh, as well by going over to Brecon instead of the Alps or the Pyrenees and stuff. So, so yeah, the, the idea of that is to raise money for one of the local breast cancer charities that have helped me and Bex out really to uh just to give a little bit of something back really and uh, i'm yeah i when they announced the route on uh the first of november i i was really sad i sat uh, up and wrote down all the distances and stuff and yeah it all suddenly became very real there's the, stage seven is the longest stage they've done in 20 years uh it's going to be just under 100 miles for me it's 154 miles for the pros uh, and they haven't done a stage that long. And that's that's day seven of nine without a break. So there's nine days, and the seventh one is best part of 100 miles. And then, yeah, so anyway, whatever. You just get on with it. I mean, one thing I was thinking the other day was uh, somebody sort of described it as uh, suffering and gruelling and stuff, and it's not, not compared to what my wife's been through. You know, it's just, it'll just be a bit uncomfortable. It's funny, isn't it, when things happen in life, whether it's to us directly or people close to us, and almost the reality check or the awareness it gives you you know you say actually this is this is it's not nothing but actually in comparison to what my wife is going through why can't i do this and do it for a good cause you know and i guess that's something that's going to be in your mind next year right yeah i think so i mean i think you know there are going to be even when i did it this year with the 55k which isn't that much and it all happened sort of like by chance really but you know even on days like that when it was starting to get a bit tough and a bit long-winded i was just like this is this is nothing like this is genuinely nothing and it's my choice to be here as well i think the minute you kind of um make it a choice uh then and you can stop you can get off your bike can't you and and it all goes away uh but other people don't get that choice um so it's not you know it's it'll be a bit uncomfortable and it'll be a challenge but it's not um you know it's not it's nothing compared to what other people are going through so to do that and try and raise a bit of money um for one of the smaller charities rather than the bigger ones i think i spoke to uh, a phenomenal uh, triathlete called lucy gossage who's also an oncology nurse and she uh, suggested uh, sort of donating the money to one of the smaller charities because apparently the money goes a bit further with them um so yeah that's the plan for next year i'm still running and still swimming when we can but uh, yeah the majority of my focus is on the bike this is another big challenge, another big plate for you to spin. I mean, you're, you're a lecturer, a music lecturer at, at Bristol University, I understand. You work with clients, you coach athletes in the world of triathlon as well. I know that you're a YouTuber. When you, I say your spare time, I don't know how you find the time. I've got you on the video screen here. We can see you're in your man shed slash man cave slash... Oh, my office, man. That just looks awesome, man. That's just like studio... Yeah. Come, I don't know what it is. It's just awesome. I love it. I built this with my spare hands I, I used to be a carpenter so I, I just got a pile of wood and, and built this shed because I needed somewhere to work out of. wow so yeah I, I run my video production company out of here I, I do all my bike stuff and a lot of my lessons for university now because we're all remote yeah so thank god I built it as a fellow coach you know we work with different runners that have different aspirations different athletes whether it's a triathlon swimming cycling running or a combination of and mm. we know that while we want to help people physically there's another big element to training and, and performing well and feeling good about yourself and that's the mental side of stuff, isn't it? The, 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 the mental wellness. And I know that's something that you're no stranger to. 
with the videos that I see you put out on YouTube. The sort of mental wellness, I sense, is something that's really important to you. So you, you were in pretty good shape a few years ago by your own admission, sort of physically and, and competing and doing great stuff. But you, you realise that your, your kind of mind wasn't in the place that you wanted it to be. There was almost like a mismatch there. T- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, about t- uh, five years ago, I was pretty quick, actually, um, in, you know, uh, in, in a kind of relative century. So I was able to run sort of 42 minute k's off the bike in triathlon and it kind of put me into some pretty good finishing positions um you know top tens and stuff in some of the bigger races and and i was doing all right uh if i if you know the the honest sort of the, the honest short answer is that i'd really substituted um sort of punishing myself training uh was a substitute for punishing myself other ways i think in in in, in things that i uh you know in in sort of other areas of my life that i kind of thought i'd got over um but i just replaced it a, a little bit with um I think a lot of the time people sort of misdiagnose health and well-being is actually uh, it, there's actually almost a, a mental health problem in itself I think for some people and it was for me for a bit for sure I was uh, going out and you know really destroying myself on interval sessions and uh, you know running myself into the ground really going out and running 60, 70, 80 kilometres a week and just really running myself into the ground really and the weird thing is the public perception is oh he's lost loads of weight he's looking really good he's racing really fast he, you know that's good and, and actually uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't actually. Um, it was. It was just me destroying myself more. So the quest really is to try and get back close to that. I know it's five years ago now. I'm 44 now. Um, it's always harder every year that goes by. It gets a little bit trickier to kind of get back there. But um, I'm not going to be doing that at the cost of my mental health. Really, I think that's the thing. And I think we can all see athletes that that are kind of you know you look at them and it's kind of not a healthy thing. Uh, and that was certainly the case for for me. Yeah, for sure. Many people can find themselves in that position, can't they? And it's almost difficult i don't know what you think to this and i'm not even talking about you know people that you work with now that you help but even friends and and peers you can almost see some of them that are perhaps falling into that trap of putting too much emphasis on their their physical i don't even want to call it health because it almost goes above and beyond that their physical performance almost at the cost of their mental wellness and perhaps the relationships that are around them as well. Is that real? It's a real difficult one to balance and also to address. I mean, how do you raise that that topic with somebody? Did anybody see, could anybody sense it with you, anybody that was close to you, James, that you had almost like that mismatch in with the balance? Or did you, did you discover this yourself? Did you get that awareness yourself? Oh, totally. In hindsight, yeah. In hindsight, yeah, I was aware of it. I mean, <clears throat> you know, if you, I mean, you see it all of the time with 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 sort of uh, elite athletes. I think it comes out a lot more in in elite and super elite athletes because there's a lot more research into them really than there is uh, into amateur athletes. And you read about people like Bradley Wiggins and stuff like that. And you know, when he was at his best, he was at his lowest. And and I think for a lot of people, it comes down to control. Uh, and to answer your question, no, nobody really did. Um, Nobody really did kind of raise it with me, and I wasn't aware of it myself until after the fact. Uh, and in hindsight, I realised that um, a lot of the sort of uh, abuse that people suffer uh, upon themselves, so things like self-harming, uh, alcohol abuse, prescription, recreational drug abuse, all of that kind of stuff, uh, you can't really treat that 
um, because what you actually really need to treat is the reason why they're doing those things. It comes down to control. They have a lack of control somewhere in their, their life. Eating disorders is the same. It all comes down to control, and you have to get that in place first and, and then treat the disorder, the mental health disorder that has manifested itself that way. So, uh, yeah, it all comes down to a control thing, and I think there are elements of my life that are out of control, uh, and I used to drink quite a lot, and I stopped drinking completely and just transferred all my energy into destroying myself on the track and running and pulling my trainers on and the net result of that was you know a, a, a public perception of uh, I don't mean like a public perception as a kind of like you know famous person but I mean like people were like yeah you know you've lost a load of weight you look really good you know you're running sort of uh, you know 330s for, for K reps and stuff like that and it's like yeah yeah it's pretty good but you've no idea what's going on under the bonnet you know the the sort of engine management system is all skewed uh, and it's it's not working properly and I think that that's the thing that I I particularly want to kind of get into to sorting out really and it's been a five-year journey because I thought I was all right then and I'm, I wasn't I wasn't then and I'm better now I guess I'm just slower <laughs> which is a shame hey well take that if you're better now but you're a little bit slower that's that's not a bad trade-off is it man that's not a bad trade-off and it's no I you agree know, it's, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and talking about this so much because I think a lot of people a lot of our listeners can can relate to this because we do go through f- stages of our life where we, we ask ourselves certain questions and yeah. you know it's almost like am I, am I okay am I in a good place and sometimes we don't ask ourselves those questions mm. because we're too busy in the thick of it we're too busy smashing out those K reps in, in, in the subject of what we're talking about here and you know jumping in the pool in your case and the time trials on the bike and all those things we, we just sometimes need to take a step back again that's kind of the role of a coach isn't it what we do in some respects kind yeah. of looking in on the athletes so, you know how are they are they well as a whole not just in their performances yeah I remember the story of Brett Sutton um, who coached Chrissy Wellington um she turned up to the pool deck one day uh, I guess out in Australia or something for training and he took one look at her and just said go home wow you know just don't even don't even unpack your bag just go home you know this you need to you need to get yourself together and, and kind of get your head sorted out and yeah I think it is the role of a coach um to spot that whether it's the role of a coach necessarily depending on their skill set whether it's the role of a coach to to deal with that I don't know if that's ev- within everybody's remit as part of the university uh that I teach at I'm also part of their mental health first aid team so uh, in the same way that you have a mental uh like physical first aid team we also have a mental health first aid team at uni um, so I'm kind of trained to sort of deal with those kind of things. But I'm fortunate, I think, that a lot of my athletes, um, they, I think the ones that I work with, are, yeah, I don't really I think that there are many major problems with those. A lot of them are much more kind of, I think if you get to the bottom of why people are doing things, like what their what their motivations are for doing it, I think that, that can tell you a lot straight away. Um, I think if you... Uh, you know, when you're goal setting with people and you, you're chatting through that stuff realistically, then you can kind of spot, I think, if there's any um, any flags as to, to the reasons behind doing things. I think if if I'd had a coach back in 2015, 2014, 2015, I think anyone with half a brain, when they were talking to me about why uh, those were my goals, anyone with half a brain would have said that there's, there's something going on there. Uh, but it's not something you talk about with your family or your mates or anything, is it? Uh, because it's, it is something you talk about with through a coach. But I think it absolutely 100% is the responsibility of the coach to keep an absolute awareness of that. And I have spotted stuff in the past uh, when maybe not sort of major mental health problems, but when people have stresses at home, uh, you know, particularly the COVID lockdown, some, some, the co- some of the people I coach... Um, you know, have really struggled with work and stuff like that. And you kind of just have to make sure that what they're doing isn't impacting on that more, that it that it's bringing a positive to their lives and not, um, 
not affecting it in a negative way. It's not it's not supposed to be a negative thing for any of us. It's supposed to be something that we enjoy. We take it seriously. A lot of us take it very very seriously and when you have a bad session or things aren't going the way they are it can it can affect us. But you know our, our livelihoods aren't dependent on the, on that. And I think that's something that's important to manage and have some sort of uh, perspective on I think. And I think that's difficult for some people to actually keep that. And if a coach can just say do you know what I think you should pull out of this race? Um, and I think what you need to do is just put your trainers on and go for a run in the trails this week um, and just let's regroup afterwards, then then that's what needs to be done. You don't want somebody going, why haven't you hit the numbers? You know, you've dropped sessions here. You've got to find out why, you know, and it's probably because their kid's not very well or um, maybe they're, you know, maybe the business that they're in is struggling so they're having to work more hours. It, it's, it's, you know, it's supposed to be stuff that we get to... Um, as a fun release on, on things that we take very seriously. And it's important to reinforce those messages, right, as a, as a coach, or even if you're not a coach, you're somebody that cares about your run club buddy or whatever, just reminding people of it's not the be-all and end-all of life and they're not training for to stand on, you know, the step and a gold medal in the Olympics. It is something that they're doing in their life to make themselves feel better and, and to help their wealth and their, you know, help their mental health rather and their, their physical health. I think that's really important. We do need reminding, don't we? Because we get... Don't you find you get lost in, in the thick of it sometimes? And you must have had this over the years with the things that you've been doing, that you're sometimes so far down the path of performance in this race and this event that you've almost gone beyond the reasons why you started it in the first place, which was just to get out there, get some fresh air, you know, shed a few pounds, maybe feel a bit better. Christmas is obviously around the corner. Is it Christmas? God, it just feels strange. But as we record this, we're two days away. Is it two days away? It's two days away, aren't we? Is it tomorrow or the day after? <laughs> it feels like it, doesn't it? <laughs> Bloody better not be. <laughs> My gosh. The advent calendars have been out for like six months. It's insane. <laughs> we're knocking on the door of December as we record this. Now, that is a classic period where people start to lose their motivation. Mm. Whether they give themselves almost um, an excuse, if you like, or a reason to not train as much, because is it because it is Christmas and there's lots going on, the festive period. There may not be quite as much going on. Obviously, coming out of lockdown, people are going to be in different tiers. It might not be quite the normal Christmas. But do you find yourself and with your athletes that you are impacted by the festive period? Or do you, do you find that most people are firing on all cylinders? How does it affect you and your the athletes that you look after some people are just absolutely fantastic at being able to to to, to kind of uh just keep that momentum up and maybe only have a couple of days off i remember i remember reading in an article the other day somebody saying oh you know over the festive period it's quite common to put on a couple of pounds like two pounds three pounds most and i was like really (laughs) like two or three pounds that's amazing like that you know i think that's pretty impressive if you can get away with that um but um yeah absolutely i think it's a case by case i know some people that are really good at just kind of keeping it on the lowdown and, and and just kind of treating it to Boxing Day and Christmas Day and then maybe New Year's Eve and then everything else is kind of, you know, getting out for runs and stuff. But I, I think I think it's a motivation thing a lot of the time, isn't it? Um, and I really don't think Christmas is really a bad thing to kind of let your hair down just a little bit. We all need... You, you can't be 100% on all the time, um, just in the same way that people, you know, humans aren't built to be happy 100% of the time. You, can, you know, you have to have these peaks and troughs with everything, right? So, in some respects, I think this is... It's not such a bad thing 
people listening to this show may shoot me down now. But it's not such a bad thing that actually a lot of these events have been pushed to later and later in 2021. Now, you, you know, for example, the classic spring marathon season, we don't really know what's going off there. A lot of them have already made, the big ones have made the decision it's back end of the year. A lot of people that kind of think, right, I'm going to train for London Marathon. I'm going to do it through November and December. Before they really get out the blocks, things get in the way, the festive period, they've pushed it to January. And they've not even got that base and then they're starting to build that fitness base and then try to work towards a marathon. The fact that they've got more time, that has to be a good thing, a good thing going into this into this period of, of Christmas, surely. That they can ease off the gas, like you say, and and not beat themselves up about it. What what are you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with that. I think that one of the difficulties perhaps is um, then you start to go too far the other way, maybe, and you just think, oh well, if it, you know, if, if if a lot of these races aren't happening until late in the season, uh, August, September, maybe even October, then you know why start at all until March or something, and and there has to be a you lose the momentum. Yeah, yeah, precisely, and and I think it's difficult maybe to kind of I, I think it's all about your motivation and and you know motivation really comes down to two things uh if without kind of getting too into kind of like actual theory on it but a chap called Abraham Maslow uh talks about things like intrinsic and the extrinsic mo- motivation so we we do everything that we actually do either intrinsically motivated or extrinsically motivated so intrinsic motivation uh, it's the stuff that we want to do um it's the stuff that the actually doing it is the reward itself so um you know it doesn't matter what it is think about anything that you enjoy doing it could be cooking could you know that it's not something that you uh if you particularly enjoy cooking then the process of cooking is is why you would do that um extrinsic motivations are those things that we procrastinate over that we put off because we perceive that we're not going to enjoy doing them um so that's you know that's when we start to procrastinate and go oh well, maybe i'll put that off until january because our perception is that training might be difficult or it might be painful or it's dark outside or it might be a bit wet or uh, it's going to hurt or all those kind of things that we kind of you know when we don't want to pull our trainers on we're extrinsically motivated to do that and i think it's important to then um the the way that we get around those things that we're extrinsically motivated in are to set uh, rewards or uh deadlines or something like that alongside it so um you know if the races that you're planning on doing next year aren't uh, happening until towards the end of the year then you need to set yourself some other goals to get yourself up and running so it might be distance based it might be pace based i think it's why a lot of things like strava with uh the sort of segment uh times and things like that are really good um because they can be a really good motivation to try and get out and actually hit one of those segment times or get yourself onto that top that first page of a leaderboard or something and that that's one of the re- you know you, you might I don't want to go out because it's wet but then your brain goes well actually I was only three seconds off that segment the other day so you know maybe another week of training I'll be able to do that and you pull your trainers on so I think I think what's going to be important at the beginning of next year is kind of self-set goals you know um your own your own kind of uh, races or your own targets for pace or time or um you know running your own ultra or something like that self-supported I think those sort of things are going to become really important to actually get the momentum going yeah, you, you've got to find something that motivates you internally, haven't you? Which is what you're talking about, the intrinsic motivation that will, when it is wet and grey and it's a Sunday morning and you're just not feeling it, what's going to get you out of bed and get you out there? Clearly, you have a huge motivation for your uh, charity bike ride next year, which is just awesome, James, and there's, there's no there's no question you're going to smash that. But it is really, really important, I think, to find, <laughs> to find that motivation. In terms of... So going into... Yeah. 
as we say, over these next few weeks is, is quite a key period for some people. Some people will smash it, like you said, they'll throw themselves into it and that's what they'll do. They'll train no matter what, it's top of their priority list. But other, other people, not so much. Do you think there's a lot of people that perhaps put too much focus on trying to improve their performance and their fitness with every training session? Meaning, do you think now is a time perhaps to ease off the gas, do what you can, but focus a little bit more on maintenance, maybe focusing on trying not to lose too much rather than trying to gain as much as you can? Because obviously that's going to give you a little bit more leeway. That's not going to be as hard. You haven't got to train as much as frequently. I think that's an excellent suggestion. You know, even when you look at the pros, you know, what they do in the off-season is is just maintenance, you know. Um, it's easier to see it for, for me on, on the cycling side of things, on Strava, for example, um, than it is with running sessions when I kind of go stalking, you know. Um, um, it's easier to kind of see that, you know, a cyclist gone out and ridden 80 kilometres at 25 kilometres an hour. I can, I can ride 80 kilometres at 25 kilometres an hour. So if a pro's doing that and you think about the relative, you know, what their ability is like in a race of riding 100 miles at 45 kilometres an hour, you know, that's a huge difference. And they're just out tapping it out over winter and over the off-season because you can't stress your body... Um, you have to have rest as, as well as stress, um, otherwise you burn out. Uh, and and I think every you know it's a maybe a bigger version of what we do when you're writing a training plan and you kind of I don't know which which kind of breakdown you use, but the, the most common way of doing it is kind of three weeks of build and then a week of recovery. Um, I think the season kind of needs to be that way as well in terms of peaking for races uh, throughout the season and then letting your body completely recover and, and just have that time that downtime and just go out and enjoy it get back to what you you know you did to begin with when you first pulled on a pair of trainers and went out for a run and you feel the wind in your face and you go running down the trails and you know you and I are quite lucky where we live we live on the coast and we've got all these lovely trails around us and and sort of really quiet country roads and yeah it's great I think I think that's the thing to do and 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 maybe you know I don't know I don't know if I could ever really go out and leave my Garmin behind I, I love this idea of like yeah just leave all your gadgets behind but you know you can stick it in, in a rucksack or something you know and not worry about the pace um, or stick it in your you know short pocket or something and just go out for a run hit start go for a run for as long as you want and then come back and you can upload it to Strava but you're not thinking about it you know at, you know during the run and check oh yeah you know I should be running at 6.10 per K or whatever it's like, oh just you know really there's plenty of time to get fit and, and fast yeah no absolutely and kind of replicating or trying to replicate that feeling that you have I love that about the whole watch thing even though you wouldn't necessarily do it yourself I appreciate your honesty but actually just sticking the watch in your bag I said this on an Instagram video recently I was out on the trails uh, around here and Bristol fantastic it's just just start the watch I mean you can record the session stick it in the bag ignore it don't stop it again until you've finished and then you can obviously look at the data and whatnot it just takes that pressure off so how, how are plans going for next year yeah. with this with this training for you uh, are, are you are you gonna hit the uh, oh. the new year hard what's what's the deal god <laughs> I'm, hitting, said, I'm hitting now hard <laughs> I mean I'm yeah I've, I I, don't, I haven't really got a choice I, I I am I am having to yeah I'm having to get the miles in um you know and get them in the bank really because it's going to be it's going to be a really tough challenge i have to say do you know it's so much of it's about logistics with this uh, and if i can get that right uh, then i think the easy bit will be riding the bike if i'm honest so uh, planning the routes uh, the way i'm raising money is that i'm uh, i'm going to get businesses to sponsor each stage and then uh, i'm going to have people come and ride with me and they'll pay to kind of be a teammate if you like that day and ride with me and keep me out of the wind and, and ride on the front and and so planning those routes um 
That's challenging um, and working out logistics of, of kind of where feed zones might be and yeah, it's pretty full on but uh, I'm, I am a bit of a I'm a bit of a kind of organisational freak when it comes to things like this. Um, I do really enjoy kind of getting the spreadsheets out and kind of planning GPX routes and uh, and then recceing them. Like my poor kids uh, sat in the back of the van whilst I'm driving around all these country lanes reconning <laughs> them and uh, you know uh, and they're just sat in the back kind of going oh really <laughs> again <laughs> here here again <laughs> oh again yeah so yeah, I just need to have another look at this climb to see if I can do it and I I went over to Brecon sort of at the start of the autumn to, to recce a couple of routes out there so I, I, I think really it's going to be a balance for me of, of lo- getting the logistics right uh, making sure that I absolutely nail the logistics and uh, balancing that with the, with good solid training um, and it's not going to it's it's I'm treating them as ultra marathons really I, I used to run ultra marathons uh, years ago and um uh, you know, it, the, the training for that's so so very different. So I'm I'm kind of eighty percent of my training is just riding, and then uh, the other twenty percent is sat on the turbo in in the shed uh, doing intervals just just to kind of get that top end. Um, and then the other focus is trying to get my weight down because uh, you know I'm I'm, at, I'm pretty heavy at the minute. So uh, I think if every kilo that I get off will be uh, will be gratefully received when I'm trying to climb up uh, Black Mountain or the Tumble or something next year, and uh, I'm regretting having that mince pie. So I think those things will keep me going. I want to raise I want to raise five grand. Um, that's my target. So um, I think that you know that might keep me away from the cookie cupboard a little bit. Maybe not fully, but uh, a little bit. Yeah, it's a start. Well, I- think it's just awesome james and obviously for such a powerful reason and i i wish you all the luck in the world sending you and bex a lot of love if people want to follow your journey check out what you're up to i know you stick lots of stuff on youtube with your training you share the you share the highs and the lows where can people keep up with what you're doing yeah i do a lot of that stuff um so yeah so on on youtube is probably the most most best place to get hold of me really and, and find out stuff that i'm doing i do a weekly vlog i have done for 132 weeks straight i've made a video about what my training and where my head's at so um um, but if you search for First Element Endurance uh, on YouTube, you can find that. And then uh, on Instagram and Twitter, it's uh, under Hydrogen Coach. Any kind of motivational support is is very gratefully received. It's nice to get some feedback and messages from people. So uh, if anyone's interested or uh, in coming on and doing a bike ride or, or even just a message of support here and there, it, it does make a massive difference. I think people underestimate uh, how much of an impact that stuff has um, because when you're out there at, you know, uh, seven o'clock in the morning, and you're 50k into a 150k bike ride. Um, actually, th- quite often those messages pop back, and you kind of go, "Yeah, all right, I-, I can do this." And and they 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 really do help. So yeah, be be gratefully received. It's great to talk to you, man. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Angie. Take care. It's nice to nice to speak to you uh, over this, and I'll probably see you out on the trail soon, mate. Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation, out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. If you're enjoying the show so far, why not take a moment to rate and review the show? I mean, don't mean now, obviously, still listen to the show, maybe wait till the end, and then just head over to the podcast app that you listen to on your mobile phone, give us a little rate and a review, we would love that. Yeah, if you want to pay us for it as well, you can do that, um, patreon.com forward slash running with Jake, or the running with Jake um, notes page, if you frequent that, then there's a little banner at the top saying Patreon, and you can pay us to do this. I can't believe you're asking for money, you're effectively begging here this is so undignified this was not what we had in our minds when we created this beautiful show no it's not but at the same time and i do appreciate this i mean you're preaching to the converted mate i know this whole thing i've heard people <laughs>
people do this thing on Patreon on, on their podcast and they ask for money and you go, oh no, this is awful. Uh, but they do it with such confidence, whereas I have a real issue because I don't believe I should be paid for anything in life, especially not this. I'm going to, you know, I'm just having a laugh. But at the end of the day, we have got a lot of listeners and they're all over the world, so people do take a lot of value from the content. So, you know, if you if you are thinking to yourself, how can you, how, I'm taking value from the content, I'm enjoying this, I'm listening to the podcast, how these guys getting paid? We're not getting paid. We're not. We were offered advertising once by a really bad company and we turned them down because we didn't want to put bad adverts on this podcast. But... Um, it's just like a little honesty box. If, you, if you're enjoying it and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to buy the guys a, a coffee, you know, if we met, and it'd be like, oh, I'd like to buy Jake a coffee, Pete's, um, not, I'm not so sure, then <laughs> feel free to, uh, to, to buy Jake a coffee on Patreon. So it's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash running with Jake or the running with Jake uh, notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. If you did want to pay. Honesty box. An honesty box. Not forcing right. you to pay. If you can't afford to pay, then don't pay. That's fine. The content's there. It's, it's yours. It's yours forever for free. If you can afford to pay, then what you're doing is you're covering the people who can't afford to pay as well. That's that's fair enough, isn't it? That was like when I used to do the off-road runs back in Derbyshire around Black Rocks. I love that. I love the running routes around Black Rocks. And they had a little honesty box when you pulled up in the car park on a Sunday morning. Always used to drop a couple of quid in there. Always, man. Yeah. Always, always, always. You know, I even, I even paused the watch just while I headed over to the little box just to pop in a couple of quid. I get your point. When you, when you put it like that... Ah, I feel better again. It doesn't feel like I'm stealing, borrowing, begging. I'm okay with this now. <laughs> so if you do want to drop 50p in the honesty box slash Patreon, then all you need to do is head to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. It is that part of the show where we take one of your questions, your running related questions, and help you to get the most out of this awesome activity. It is indeed hashtag AskJake. Of course, you can drop us an email as well. And Rianne's been in touch and she wants to know if it's possible, or a good idea at least, to switch her long run around at the weekend. So basically, she normally runs on a Sunday, but sometimes she wants to switch that long run to the Saturday and then do a threshold session on the Sunday. So effectively a shorter, harder run. Now, this is a little bit of a difficult one here, Rianne, because you've got to make sure that you are safe first and foremost. You don't want to end up injured. Obviously, a long run is very stressful, not necessarily because of the pace you're running at, because of the time, the duration that you're running for. So I would test this very, very safely indeed. If you're not pushing too hard in the long run on the Saturday and the long run isn't too long, then maybe test the water on Sunday with a shorter threshold session and just really dial into the body think about how you're feeling and don't be afraid to stop if there's any warning signs and of course from there you'll know what your tolerance level is and you can start to turn up the heat gradually for the next time that you do your long run on a saturday and threshold on a sunday oh man i hope that helps rian don't forget to let me know how you get on good luck stay in one piece if you have a question it's hashtag ask jake or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com Running with Jake, the podcast. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Running with Jake podcast. A massive thank you to our guest, James Hester, today. Let's have an awesome week of training. Yes, it is now December. It is the festive period. Let's put the excuses aside. Have a great time, but stay injury-free. Get out there, bank some miles. We will be back here next week for more Running Madness. It is the Running with Jake podcast. Oh, and one more thing. Don't wait for opportunity. Create it. 
So if you do want to pay for the podcast, just head to patreon.com forward slash running with Jake. Bye.